It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Collins sends it left. O'Halloran pitches through. Lenny's coming quickly. He's got the pass. And Wellington get the first try. Burton's again. Shovels into center field. O'Halloran reads it. Off to Waller, now it's to Lemu, and the big guy against Vernon Barker, he's got rid of the hits, can he do it again? Yes! Jamie Lemu, only one player in the world can score a try like that. And it's tied up, the game is over! It's 14 long years since they last won the NBC. Oh, the wonderful Grant Nisbet had the call back in 2000. Nearly to this day, Grant, nearly 22 years to this day. I think it was the 20th. I think it was the 20th by my count. So we're a couple of days off that. It is uh, time for our Saturday Session Legends segment as we uh, speak uh, about legendary sporting games, seasons, players, careers. We're definitely focusing on, on one of the better, if not the best, NPC final we've ever seen in 2000. It also happened to be the last time Wellington won the NPC. That's 22 long, long years. I don't feel too sorry for Canterbury. They might have won more than 10 since. They had an extraordinary streak of 9 and 10 years. Uh, with their last title coming in 2017. It was Wellington in Christchurch against Canterbury 22 long years ago, Grant. It will be Wellington against Canterbury in Christchurch later tonight. Really was the peak of this uh, this competition. Full house, Jade Stadium, I think it was uh, known back then. Uh, incredible scenes, great game, huge stars uh, across both the teams. We're delighted to welcome in a man uh, who was at the heart and uh, soul of it. All, all halfbacks are, aren't they, Grant? Pretty good sportsman, someone you know hold, holds court quite well. He holds court very well, and he actually gives me a bit of a rash because he's a left-arm spinner who I've had to face on a few occasions during the Black Clash and has recently been in India uh, playing in a Legends series of cricket. Was invited with the likes of Jacob Orham was there, Ross Taylor was captain. Um, yeah, there were some illustrious cricketers there, and he was in and amongst it, and I'm sure he had a great time. <laughs> I bet. And I'm sure the evening of 2000 at the MPC final, which I'm really keen to hear about how they celebrated, uh, but it's a big welcome to another friend of SENZ, and on our legend segment, Jason Spice. Spicy, how are you? Oh, I'm very good, gentlemen. How are you? Yeah, we're great. Did you survive India, or do they, uh, they, they almost break you? Uh, they almost broke me, I won't lie. Uh, self-inflicted mainly, <laughs> but uh, I come back for the first time with a few extra kgs to wear off, so uh, that's what I've been doing this morning. It's a beautiful day in the Bay. I, I think the most people uh, who go, uh, most people who play cricket in India lose weight spicy, so how's it going the other way around? Come on, explain that to us. Well, I'm going to share a little secret with you. Apparently, I'm the first cricketer to go there, well, pretend cricketer, I should say, to uh, have, the re- have the reverse and have to buy a laxative to get myself going. So, uh, yeah. 
a first, a first for uh, many things that I've stupid things I've done, but um, yeah, it wasn't a great experience that part. But the rest of it was uh, very good, and uh, yeah, an eye opener. Well, apparently, spicy is the best time to go and play that tournament because it's monsoon season, so it just <laughs> rains all the time. And I heard from one of the the players it was actually Jacob Orama sat down with him and chatted to uh, him about it, and the organisers were saying, "Oh, we should do this again." Uh, next year, but just change the dates. And he said, no, you should just keep the dates the same. <laughs> it's perfect. I'm, I'm a massive fan of uh, the timing of the event. Um, two <laughs> games out of five. Uh, so, you know, it's not often you're lost <laughs> sitting on the bench, but um, I enjoyed it. I must say, I sat there with uh, Scott Storis, who conveniently pulled a calf muscle in the first touch of the ball. So, Experience. He's obviously Experience lot smart, there. Lot smarter than he looked. Exactly. Yeah. So, spicy was that? Was that the biggest crowd you've ever played in front of uh, when you played against India? Because I mean, that looked like sort of fifty thousand plus. Uh, that was quite freakish, certainly for cricket. I've sat there, and the noise—you know—when something big happens in a game of rugby, people get excited. Yeah, uh, and that was just non-stop. I mean, admittedly, Tendulkar was batting for five overs. So I kept going. <laughs> is, is, am I missing something? And Cyrus was like, no, this, this is just what happens. And yeah, so it was a, it was a shame that one rained off because it was, uh, that was a full house and they were going, they were crazy the whole time. So it was, it was a great thing to sit back and watch. But, uh, you know, if it rains, what do you do? You just got to sit back and try and make the best of it, which we, I think we kind of did. Good job of. I'm, I'm glad you survived. So you've come from a legend segment uh, legend series to a legend segment here as we reflect on, on uh, the 2000 season for the Wellington Lions which culminated in that wonderful final of 2000. There's so many similarities. Almost on the same day, this year's final against the same two teams in the same city. I think in the semi-finals, you, you almost put 50 past Auckland in a, in a historic win for Wellington in the semi-finals. Of course, th- this year's side put 54 on uh, uh, Wellington, so there's a lot of similarities. Has your mind gone flooding back at all? Your memories of that whole campaign pretty strong? Uh, it is. I mean, I, I must say that I never watched the game until uh, COVID hit, and then there were some replays on TV. So I actually sat there and watched it with my son. And I didn't realise that... Uh, well, I didn't re- first, I'll go back. I didn't realise that we... I forgot about the Auckland game as a semi-final. And that for us was, at the time, we were like, well, this Auckland always tough. We never had a great record against them. And, yeah, with all of that 50 points, I think Brad Fleming scored a try that, that wasn't at the start of the game that kind of kicked us into gear and uh, sort of never looked back. But uh, it's a different story now. And they, these Canterbury boys are um, they're pretty good at winning, aren't they? So it's, Oh, they are. I know, I know where my money is, but uh, they just, they're so clinical. And watching that game last week, it was like, so frustrating, <laughs> frustrating to watch how good they are, you know. But we'll yeah. see. Yeah, uh, Spicy, what, what, what do Canterbury do to prepare for these games? And one of the questions I, I had before your segment is, you're playing against Canterbury in the final, so... Talking about maybe what you guys did prior to the game, but do you keep doing what has made you successful during the season, or do you try and change it up a bit for the final to have that element of surprise? 
I think you've got to change it up. I mean, if you look historically at what Canterbury and Crusaders have done, is uh, they've they've dominated a certain area in a game. So they do their homework really well. And if you look back at the Crusader final against Auckland, they dominated the lineout, and that just killed the game. So I think uh, with this game, it'll be it'll come down to uh, the Wellington set piece, so particularly the lineout. Um, and I know that. Canterbury do a real good job at doing the homework. They're probably sitting there now, probably know exactly what the calls are for Wellington lineups. I'd, I mean, I'm pretty 90 percent sure that that's what that's where they're at at the moment. So you've got to throw something different at them. And you know, if there's a team with flair, uh, this Wellington team certainly got it. So if they can get enough ball and get it quality, well then you know, I think it's you might see a repeat of. Uh, 20 years ago. Well, Canterbury finished top. Auckland finished second. I think they'd only won, lost one game each uh, throughout the regular season. Your side, I think, was 6-9 and nine through round robin play in 2020. You know, what What was the thinking inside the camp about the playoffs? Okay, that, that record 6-3 and three is not overwhelming now, is it? But did you always feel like, with so much star power, it could click, it will click? How did you think going into the, the knockout stages back in 2020? Uh, back in 2000? Yeah, I've, I've, you've, you've just sparked a memory where I think Silatia and myself were injured and we played North Harbour. And I think that was our last loss. And I think if we lost another game, that, that was us done. Uh, the real low point was watching Tana Umanga take off his brand new boots and play in bare feet for 10 minutes. Um, so. <laughs> That's right! <laughs> what caused that That's again? Quite... Remind us. Oh, he had some new boots and he got blisters and then thought it was a good idea to take the boots off and play in bare feet. Oh. And I, I remember sitting in the sitting in the grandstand just look at my big mate beside me and I was like, oh my God, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> so we had to get stuck about that. But, but that was kind of, yeah, we, we lost that and we, we couldn't afford to lose another game. And I remember we had a little meeting and, yeah, and there was a few shots fired and... and uh, it's one of those things, you know, with sport, it's funny how it's a fine line between having a great season and having an absolute shocker. So, you know, we we weren't far off from being an absolute shocker. So, it's, you know, it's hard to pinpoint what actually changed. It's probably just the mindset of we've got nothing to lose now and uh, making sure that we can get the ball to the big guys that can run real fast makes a big difference. And, you know, obviously at the start of the show, the year, Hearing that commentary of Lomu dominating on the outside, it's like you might see another sort of similar type guy today or tonight. So hopefully we see that. Spicy, you hear so many people talking about all oh, momentum into the final, and I don't know if I'm a believer in it or not. But how important is the build-up to a final like NPC, like you had in the 2000s? Is there an element of you know the captain's run and? having a good semi-final like the current uh, Wellington We've got to have a good done. semi-final, Grant, or you don't play the final, do you, Grant? Yeah, but I mean, yeah. a, I mean, yeah. come, I mean a good on, semi-final <laughs> as in, like, blowing the team off the park oh, like they you. did by 50 yeah. points. Good save. Um, so, you know, what was your build-up like, and do you believe in that? Like, is there, is there an element of it, or is it just about turning up on the day? Oh, I think there's an element of when you, if you run in with a big score like that, uh, it just gives you that confidence that that flows onto your game. So you, if if you're going into a final and you're 
and you're and you're a bit rusty, you know, you're not going to. Um, it doesn't always. The, the confidence is a big big deal, but particularly guys in I guess in that nine ten eight nine ten position, particularly a hooker throwing, those sort of things. But if the day's going really good, and you know you'll hit the week with a with a little bit more confidence, start focusing on things that could actually win you the game. So um, I'd imagine that Wellington, in the position they are now, that they would, I would like to think they would have spent the week probably tidying up some of the set piece, changing a few things up in that lineup, and yeah. you know just making sure that they they get enough ball where they can get some use their firepower out wide. Which um, you know if they do that. Uh, that's going to be it's going to be a great match. Um, not to say that if you have a bad run in, can you not win the game? I think mm. you know some teams have battled their way through, and then you know the, you think about the French. French can be terrible, and then <laughs> turn up one game and be world beaters. You know, so it's, you know I guess in our DNA for New Zealanders, we're probably not that equipped to just play on emotion and and win just like that, but. Yeah. Well, Spicy, Spi- Spi- there would have been emotion. There would have been emotion in the two thousands. Full house, absolute full house. Don't get that these days, do you? And Norm Hewitt playing with a broken arm. I mean, what was the atmosphere like? Explain it. Oh, look, it's weird because I keep telling because kids at school, yeah, we used to play in front of a full house most games. <laughs> yeah, what's happening yeah. now? There is none. There's no people exactly. there. Exactly. And it makes a massive difference where you can't hear people around you during game, and and that just creates that atmosphere, and and, and you can feel that tension when you play, and it's man, it's it's something that you kind of miss when you when you retire from playing is that is that intense feeling of you're in there and you, and it's a it's a cauldron, you know, and basically the only people you can kind of hear is yeah, for me it was probably the ten, so David Holwell could hear his voice and no one else, and that's and you kind of operate in this your own little bubble for a lot of that game, you know. So it's, it's a pretty cool feeling. Um, and Canterbury, they're an interesting crowd. Uh, I'd like to say they're uh, one of the friendlier crowds you'll go and play in front of, uh, particularly uh, if you're from Auckland. Uh, Wellington, not so bad. If you're Carlos Spencer, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's all part of it. Going go to to a foreign ground and um, you know being them in front of their home fans just makes it sweeter. That that team's littered with stars. That's another um, difference. You know, other than the full houses, was the fact All Blacks were playing Cullen, Fleming, Umanga, O'Halloran, Lomu, Holwell, Spice. The back line. You had the young bouncers in the making and uh, Jerry Collins and Soyalo in the loose forward, alongside Kupu Venisi, Dion Waller, Nokia Fiaki, Mono Van der Merwe, Norm Hewitt, Kevin Yates. You had All Blacks on the bench and Paul Steinmetz and Alama Yedamir. You had a future British and Irish Lions player on the bench and Ricky Flutie. Man, that's a whole heap of talent. Big characters? Was it hard, hard oh. for Dave Rennie to rein those characters in? Oh, I think I think that group of guys, it was, it was like a big family, you know. So, I mean, that's you spend enough time with each other, particularly if you're playing Super Rugby and, and that NPC together. You, it becomes quite easy uh, for the coach... Once you get going, because you've got to remember, we were we lost quite a few games at the start. So uh, Dave Rennie did a great job in actually sitting us down and making sure we got ourselves together. But you know, when when you read those names out, it just sounds ridiculous. So that that was an amazing, it's amazing final. 
Yeah. On the Canterbury and side, stacked too. But if you read the Canterbury side, it was absolutely stacked. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they had some some great players in there. It was uh, that was a special time. Um, yeah. It's just a shame you can't replicate that again. You know, getting those All Blacks into an NPC final. But I mean, this is the way of the world now. We sort of it's a different different beast now, isn't it? So. Mm. What do you do? Um, yeah, I'd like one day like to see uh, your full strength teams, but I mean, I don't think that's probably going to happen anymore. So, but not to take away from those guys that are there now. So they've done a great job. Particularly those young guys that are coming through. You see a lot of twenty-year-olds now playing, uh, as opposed to twenty-nine-year-olds. So uh, it'll be interesting. So, Spicy, how how tense was it in the two thousand final when um, you obviously had the the referee Paul Honus? He awarded five penalties in injury time, and then <laughs> Sinbin Waller for deliberately knocking it on. And I know you're number nine. You're like the wicket keeper of the team, very verbal, <laughs> almost the heartbeat of the team, trying to keep everything together. Were you losing your head at that stage? I mean, it, it would have been getting so tense towards those last few minutes of the game. Well, he's lucky he couldn't hear me for most of the time of those five minutes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I uh, I remember we were, yeah, it was, you're, you're trying to think on your feet and probably weren't doing a very good job of it at the time, but it was pretty much just, right, see someone tackle them. <laughs> you know, it was like, just trying to get organised and trying to stay calm and that it was quite a tough thing to do. Um, yeah, and that's that's where you probably need uh, if you if you look at the lineup of that Canterbury side now. With I see they've got a lot of experience on the bench as opposed oh, to hell yeah. mm. So I guess are they planning to? They're hoping to close the game out at the end, and but you know I I don't know if that's the right move or not. But um, it's hard to close the game out if you're twenty points down. Um, just saying. So yeah. Uh, you know, so that's that's the sort of thing that I guess both camps are looking at and going right. What's the best way to finish a game? But you've got to you've got to actually kick, kick the game off and and get points on the board, and that's kind of what we did in that final. Um, and then it was just hang on. But yeah, some of those penalties back then, I've I'm still questioning them. I'd like to go back. Yeah, and well, uh, have a review of those. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, well. No, well, in fairness to Dion, it was amazing he stayed on the field that long. He was born with the yellow card, that man. Uh, wasn't he, just well, Hi, yeah. Dion. Hope you're, do- hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing well. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you took that game and transported it 20 years later, uh, you'd stop every ruck, and there'd be about 15 guys off the field within the first 30 minutes. Yeah, um, and, and I think this is a great point, Jason. I, I, th- I think rugby needs to have a good, long, hard look at itself. Oh, mate, it's one of the most confusing games uh, out there. It's there's a yeah, they need to do something because it's for the for the general public that maybe not be into rugby that much, but will enjoy watching an odd game. It's you know they just get lost on it. You know, people that have played it all their lives are sitting there going, I don't understand this, and so. Yeah, hopefully there's some brains there that actually try and do something different to make it a little bit easier to watch. But um, yeah, there's a few things there that I'd I'd definitely change. Something certainly around those scrums um, that kill you. But oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I just can't singing from the same song sheet. Singing for Norm Hewitt. Did have... he break his arm during the game? Before the game? You know, it did happen, right? He played. I, I think that was during the game. <laughs> one Mad. One those, of those front ruck, rowers. One of those. One of those rucks he ran into. <laughs> probably, probably Todd Blackadder's forehead. Maybe I don't know. Come on. Was was that just that was the era where you went? Come on, mate. Just get on with it. If put some water on it. If it's get not sponge, if it's not broken, you keep the going. The sponge with water, and that is Sponge's broken arm. You're fine. We sponged that, it. You're okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That white tape's amazing stuff. You just wrap some more on that, that'll be fine. <laughs> with a little affirmation on it. Keep going. Keep going. Oh, brilliant stuff. So you win. You go out and celebrate, no doubt. Oh, this is spicy. Did, this I, is where he comes yeah, into yeah, his own, I reckon. I'd like to know, did you go uh, out and for Wellington kit? Or did, because I've heard whispers, there was, there was there was a rumour you were told you weren't allowed to wear any official Wellington gear as you went out that night. Is that the case? I'll tell you, I'll, this, you're gonna, this is going to hurt you when I tell you this. But oh, no. You spend, so many, you spend so many years getting beaten and then getting told by some Canterbury one-eyed guy that how shit you are. And then we get told, we get told after the end of that that we, we have to stay in the hotel. So we didn't leave the hotel. Admittedly, we had a good time in the hotel, but we didn't leave that hotel. I didn't get the chance to go back and see all my friends in Canterbury <laughs> and, thank, and, thank, and thank them for their support over the last five years. So <laughs> that... That would be my biggest regret is, yeah, we sat in that hotel and we enjoyed each other's company, but didn't get didn't get to go to one pub in Christchurch to celebrate. Spicy, whoever made that decision, I think, is one of the wisest people I know because I know that the, the, the Christchurch fans and Canterbury fans would have been hurting so much. That was a fight waiting to happen. I oh, think. mate, you know, it would have been, you know, Tana's handbag all over again. <laughs> oh, I tell you, I'm way too small to be starting those sort of things. But uh, look, hey, they were obviously smarter than me. So, you know, I, I did what I was told, as I always do, and uh, stayed inside. But I can tell you, I didn't sleep that night. So, No, <laughs> absolutely not. Well, you, you hold an amazing uh, end, of, end of game court session with uh, rugby versus cricket. And no doubt you'll be, uh, you'll be in the cricket team this year. So I'm looking forward to that because you always play for the last sport that you played for. So I'm looking forward to potentially being on the same same team as you, Spicy. But it's great to hear you uh, recalling your your 2000 MPC final, um, and you are a true legend. Looking at that lineup um, and trying to—I mean, I've I've watched the highlights of that game because I wasn't in New Zealand um, until 2003. It is an unbelievable game. It looks like an international. And uh, you must be very proud of those moments and special uh, memories that you have during that time. Oh, look, at the time, you you don't really think too much about it because you just move on to the next thing. And uh, it's probably not until your your kids watch it and and start asking questions about how things went and what it was like. And that stuff becomes really special. So, yeah, look, um, it's brought back a lot of good memories. And, uh, you know, it's, it's... some other younger guy now to do the job and hopefully we uh, see a good Wellington result and I'll certainly be watching and supporting them. Brilliant, Jason. Thanks so much for Thanks, dropping spicy. by. Thanks so much, mate. We'll catch up with you soon. Hey, 
Good to chat, boys. Have a good day. We'll give it a nudge. That was Jason Spice, halfback of the uh, 2000 uh, NPC winning Wellington side the last time they won the title, almost 22 years to the day against Canterbury in Christchurch. That will be a repeat uh, tonight when the two sides are lock horns. Uh, that's going to be a really tight game. Uh, from, I still can't make up my mind. But uh, our Saturday session Legends segment proudly brought to you by Somerset. Think new friends, new laughs and a new home. Think Somerset Retirement Villages.